Okay, welcome to the show. <laughs> now, this is honestly about the 15th time I've tried to start this podcast episode. Normally, I just literally hit record and start talking and just do it in one take. No editing, no nonsense, bish, bash, bosh, done, published, it's finished. Today, for some reason, it's just not sticking with me. I tried to um, I tried to set up like a, a video recording of today's podcast. So normally I just speak straight into my phone or straight onto kind of the podcast platform that I use um, and it goes straight on there. But today I set up the recorder because I made a YouTube channel and I'm going to sound like such an old man now, but I'm not too sure how YouTube works. Um, I'm not down with the kids in that respect. So obviously I understand how YouTube works as a user. I go on there to watch like box videos and documentaries and things like that and um, all that cool stuff but I've never been on there as a quote-unquote creator I've never used it to create and publish content before so I'm still kind of getting my head around the ins and outs and how you sort of use it properly so I wanted to set up the recorder to sort of get a visual for today's podcast so I could upload that straight to YouTube and just try and get in the rhythm of, of uploading to that platform um, and anyway as soon as I was hitting record I don't know what it is because I'm used to being on camera. I do it every day on my Q&As on Instagram. I do it every day in my property business when I'm selling a house, when I'm doing a tour, an update, something like that. I'm always on camera and I'm cool with it, totally cool with it by now. But for some reason today, it's just not gelling. And as soon as I hit record, I just forgot how to function as a human, forgot what I wanted to say. And then I just got into a big pickle and thought, do you know what? Forget the video side of it. Let's just go back to our traditional podcasting. I'll just hit record, start speaking and see what happens. So yeah, here we are. No visual, just audio, but hopefully you can uh, receive the message loud and clear all the same. Now, today's episode is going to be a solo episode, so I'm all by myself, no guests. Um, but before I get stuck into it, just wanted to give a quick nod to the last episode that we published, so episode 11 with David Cyril. Um, absolute pleasure sitting down with David and picking his brains and learning more about his story, his journey with Slimming World, and the explosion of his social media. Um, for those of you that don't know, I'm not going to linger on this too much, but um, David He's 87 years old. Um, he started an Instagram page uh, when he was 85 with the help of his daughter just to kind of document his progress and sort of let everyone know where he was up to uh, in terms of his weight loss efforts and he's just such a cool guy, he's really down to earth, really grounded, really cute he's got such a, a warm heart and a nice delivery that people just started connecting with his message and people just log on to his page to keep up to date with what he's doing, they log into his, his Instagram uh, live videos that he does most days um, and, and it's sort of gives you a real feel-good factor. I can guarantee that if you don't follow David, get over there because I promise you that it will definitely put a smile on your face. Such a nice guy and it was a genuine pleasure to sit down and chat with him. Um, had some great feedback personally from the episode. A lot of people messaged me directly and been tagged in quite a few stories. So again, as ever, that's always brilliant to see. So please do that. keep that coming. And if you've not checked out the episode, then like I say, it's episode 11, the one just before this. Do check it out and let me know your thoughts if we've not spoke about it already. Um, anyway, on to today's episode. As I mentioned, this is a solo episode. So we're going going to go through that Q&A style format. Um, I've done a few of these now, but if this is your first time checking in with an episode like this, um, how it basically works is on, um, well, most days, Monday to Friday, I open up my inbox on Instagram, on my Instagram stories. We do a five question Q&A where anyone who follows me can drop into my inbox to ask me anything to do with health, fitness, nutrition, exercise, fat loss, uh, muscle building, uh, psychology, um, mindset, relationships, 
relationships, just anything. We cover quite a wide spectrum, a broad spectrum of topics on there. Um, and sometimes I get questions that I just want to speak about for a little bit longer. I just want to sort of delve under the bonnet slightly and put a bit more meat on the bone. And of course, on Instagram stories, you can't always give the context that it needs because we're confined by time the clips tend to be 15 seconds to a minute so i use my podcast as a good way of sort of beefing out that content slightly and just creating an archive so even if it's not a question that you've asked directly you know it might be something that you're wondering or something that you are yet to consider or you know something that maybe in the future can help you in achieving your goals and helping propel you forward so i just thought by creating these style of episodes we just get all the information logged it's down it's in an archive you can drop back into the podcast whenever you need to find the episode and sort of learn from it and use that to push you forward towards improving your own health so that's why we're doing the episode and today i've got five questions outlined that we're going to chat through now the first question is Hi Ben, I lost eight pounds last year from a juice diet. Um, considering doing it again, um, but seeing negative stuff online, what are your thoughts? So with uh, juice diets, um, you typically will see people who go on those plans lose quite um, a drastic amount of weight in quite a short period of time, and. In a podcast that I did a few weeks ago with um, personal trainer Beverly Bajaja, I know I keep mentioning this podcast, but we just covered quite a lot of content on there. And one of the things we spoke about was kind of the quick wins. And I used a phrase on there that I've used since, and that is that whenever a lack of education and desperation to hit a goal meet, that creates an opportunity for a company to commercially exploit someone. And in my opinion, that's what tends to happen with juice diets and shake diets and things like that. Now, just for clarity, I'm not saying that you know cold-pressed juices aren't a good thing. I think that smoothies and homemade juices and things like that are a great way to sort of get in tons of micronutrients, get your veggies in, your fruits, um, stuff that maybe you wouldn't usually entertain eating because you can blitz it up in a smoothie or a juice and you don't really taste it, but you get you know a lot of those uh, nutritional benefits. So I'm definitely not anti-juicing, just always keep an eye on the sugar levels because naturally it can get quite high, but that, that's a different type of conversation altogether. Uh, I'm not anti-juicing, but what I am um, against is these products being sold as a meal replacement supplement and then being sold as some sort of miracle cure or magic tonic that's going to you know, shave fat off you overnight because, of course, that is not the case. But unfortunately, that's how a lot of people view these products. People think that it's a miracle in a bottle. People think it's going to you know, sort of reverse... 10, 15 years of poor nutrition, it's going to get them down to the target weight quite quickly and it's all going to be sunshine and rainbows. But unfortunately, it's not the case. Now, the reason why they do work in the short term in terms of giving you that instant loss is for nothing more exciting than the fact that it creates a deficit in your energy. And of course, if you're going from eating whatever you're eating at the moment, let's just say a 500 calorie meal on average, and you cut that out and swap that for a 150, 200 calorie um, juice, then over the course of a day and a week and a month, that's going to create a huge deficit in your calories. And because of that, because it's such a drastic drop, that basically means that your body's going to eat into the fat stores, you're going to lose weight, and it's going to happen really, really quickly. But it's going to be incredibly restrictive. It's, of course, not going to be sustainable because even if you stick to the plan of a week or whatever it is that you commit to, inevitably, at some stage, you're going to come back to a quote-unquote normal way of eating. You're going to go back to your normal habits. You're going to start eating actual food again. And when you do that, your body's response is to hold on to the calories that it gets from that food because 
your body is thinking, what the hell's going on? As soon as you stop eating food and you start taking in these juices, your body go, you know, panics slightly, eats up its fat stores, and then when food comes in again down the line, it thinks, okay, I don't want that to happen again. So what I'm going to do is now, I'm going to be more stubborn with this energy that we've just been given. I'm going to hold on to these calories. I'm going to store this away as body fat in case we go through a drought again, because your body wants to go into survival mode and make sure that if it's ever again deprived of food, that it's got enough stores behind it to see it through and to allow you to still function as a human so your your body just cares about survival not necessarily about the aesthetics or what number you're reading on the scale so that's why when you see people go through these sorts of plans they tend to get those short-term wins they post about it on social media they post a load of pictures and raise about how great it is which unfortunately has a knock-on effect where people see that and have their head turns and then other people sort of get involved with it but you'll normally see that once they come off the plan they'll have quite a drastic bounce back and a lot of the time it's not even regaining the weight sometimes you may even gain weight on top of your original weight for the reasons that I just mentioned. So, you know, it's it's kind of counterintuitive. If you're doing it for weight loss and it results in weight gain or just putting you back to square one, it's just creating, uh, basically wasting time and creating really expensive urine. That's probably the best way that I can explain it. So in my book, um, it's not really a winning strategy purely because it's not sustainable, very expensive and, um, you know, eat food, basically. Don't be a dick about it. If you want to lose weight, just be patient Um do it in a sustainable way, manage your calories, eat the foods that you enjoy try and get a few more you know decent foods in whole foods fruits and veggies and things like that but don't go to extremes because it doesn't work which takes us quite neatly on to question two so the second question is um, Ben what is the biggest mistake you see people make when it comes to fat loss and I think we kind of answered that a little bit really in the question that I just answered about juicing Um, but just to clarify the biggest mistake that I see people make is being too harsh and too drastic in terms of the goals that they set themselves and the changes that they make with their nutrition or exercise doesn't have to be exclusive to, uh, to food so People often want quick wins, which is why juice diets and diet pills and things like that and skinny coffees and all that kind of bollocks. That's why it tends to be quite profitable and lucrative for companies who just start up overnight because they get a few social media endorsements and suddenly, you know, they're flying off the shelves. People want those quick wins. And when a company sees an opportunity to sell someone a direct line to from where they are to where they want to be, obviously, of course, they can monetize that and profit from that quite drastically. So the biggest mistake that I see people making is that they take that route and they want it overnight. But you need to understand that when it comes to transforming your habits, uh, when it comes to transforming your health, when it comes to achieving a goal around body composition, you know, it didn't take you um, a couple of days to get into the position that you're in. It probably took years, decades in some cases of, of poor nutritional decisions, of a lack of education, of bad habits that have compounded over time and got you into a position where you don't feel healthy, you don't feel as if you're performing at an optimal level um, and you don't feel as if because uh, aesthetically you look the way that you want to look so it didn't happen overnight so it'd be wrong and a little bit ignorant of you to think that you're going to reverse that overnight so please be patient with it and trust in the process um, fat loss I've said this before it's really not complicated um, it's quite straightforward it's quite simple that's not to suggest that it's easy because it's not um, of course breaking habits especially if it's habits that you've formed over a lifetime sort of replacing them for new habits that are more constructive towards your goals is never going to be 
an easy process. It's a gradual process and it's a process you can definitely work through, a process you can definitely overcome and a process that you can come through the other side um, at the place where you want to be, but it doesn't happen overnight. So the biggest mistake is people looking for quick wins and then trying to get to where they want to be in a frankly unsustainable way and then sort of getting into that negative feedback loop where they've gone too hard too fast and they end up reversing, coming back to where they started and they feel as if they let themselves down. Um, As I said before, it's not always based on nutrition. The same goes for activity, for physical activity, for exercise. If you're currently a bit of a couch potato, if you're sat on the couch doing, you know, barely a thousand steps a day and suddenly you wake up on Monday morning and decide that you're going to go to the gym, lug a load of weights around, then you're going to come home and do a HIIT workout and then you're going to take the dog on a 15 mile walk and then go and climb Mount Everest. (laughs) Of course, whilst the intentions are great and whilst it's all coming from a good place and you're trying to make positive steps, it's unrealistic in comparison to what you was doing before. People go from one end of the spectrum to the other end of the spectrum and don't pay much regard for the steps that they should be taking in between. So when it comes to nutrition, when it comes to physical activity, outline a plan that's going to be realistic around your current lifestyle, around your current ability levels, um, around where you are in your life day to day. Identify the low hanging fruit, the sort of small things you can be doing that are going to compound and add up to make a big difference. And then take it one step, one day, one week, one month at a time. And gradually you can build up to those, um, you know, to those levels. If you want to be someone who goes to the gym three, four, five, six days a week and you can manage and sustain that and that's where you want to get to, then brilliant. Good luck to you. Keep at it and you will get there. But don't come from doing nothing to suddenly thinking that you're going to do everything because it will tend to last as long as your motivation does. And when you have that downtime and you think, I really don't feel like it today, can't be bothered, I've got something else to do, you'll find a fucking excuse, you'll put it on the back burner and again, you'll feel as if you've failed, you're back at square one and you're just in that negative kind of feedback loop of bullshit where you tell yourself you can't and then suddenly you know, you know further progressed. Smaller steps compound over time and they will get you to where you want to be. Not a sexy answer, but it's the best answer that I can give. And it's the best advice that I can give if it is that you want to make sustainable long-term change, not just to the way that you look, but to the way that you feel, your mental and your physiological health. Question number three, would you recommend a vegan diet for somebody who's got a fat loss goal? Okay, so the reason why I've included this in today's episode is because once I answered this on Instagram stories, um, I had a handful of people come back to me quite quickly to argue points on either side of the fence on this one. So I'll tell you how the conversation went, I'll give you my feedback and let you decide whether or not a vegan diet would be appropriate for you as an individual. So the point that I made on the story was that um, not necessarily. A vegan diet may well be good for you for fat loss, but then again, it may not. The main issue that I've got is that when people hear the word vegan, they normally think of health. They think of greens, they think of fruit, they think of whole foods. They think automatically if you eat within a vegan framework, that's going to make you healthy. But of course, that's not the case. Um, Fat loss all hinges around uh, a calorie deficit, first and foremost. The quality and the nutrition that you're taking in so the quality of uh, the foods that you're consuming will also play a part in terms of how your composition um, evolves over time um, within that calorie framework and you can eat to excess, you can eat to a surplus, you can eat quote-unquote unhealthy foods or what we stereotypically consider to be bad foods under vegan kind of rules, under a vegan framework by eradicating, um, you know, dairy and, and meat products. So for example, you could decide you're doing a vegan diet but you could wake up tomorrow um, head over to the chippy, get a bag full of chips, get a couple of litres of fizzy, 
fizzy pop full of sugar you could get a bag of sweets a big block of dark chocolate you could get um crisps you know all these hypercaloric foods that are easy to binge on you could eat them to excess and not lose any weight as a result and you're still eating within a vegan framework but you're just still eating junk food you're still over consuming on your calories and you're still not going to progress towards your goal of improving your health and reducing body fat um so the point i was trying to make on the stories is that veganism does not equal uh, health basically now of course if you wanted to eat like a whole foods plant-based diet then that does change things slightly because when you're eating whole foods and just to clarify a whole food is a food that's not processed so something that comes from nature to your belly with as fewer steps as possible like a potato or a piece of fruit for example or a vegetable that's been pulled out the ground they're whole foods whereas a processed food is something that's not something that's had human interference um, to improve the taste or to extend the shelf life and so if you're focusing on eating whole foods then i agree that that diet providing it it's built up of foods that you enjoy that you can sustain eating that you can adhere to that you enjoy as part of your sort of day-to-day life it can be a good way to 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 be in a deficit and to lose fat because it's harder to over consume calories on those sorts of foods so if i put out a thousand calories worth of veg you'd be absolutely blown away by just how much food is on the table so it feels as if you're eating in large volumes therefore it doesn't feel restrictive at all because of the sheer volume of food that you're consuming and the caloric equivalent of what's uh, included in that food is quite low compared to what you might think because again you're eating sort of um, whole foods from nature rather than processed foods with tons of sugar and and bits and pieces added that are going to bump up the calories so in that respect yes you could argue that a whole food plant-based diet is better um, or, or is constructive towards a fat loss goal just pure and simply because you, ha- you tend to have to eat a fuck ton of whole foods and veg in order to meet your sort of calorie equivalent that you'd get from eating you know a, a multi-pack of Mars bars for example um, so there's kind of arguments on both sides but as I always say when it comes to choosing the right method and that's what it is a, a, a vegan diet or a whole food plant based diet or a 5-2 diet a paleo diet uh, a slimming world plan a weight watchers plan whatever it is um, it's a method you can choose to uh, invest yourself within a certain method if it works for you, if it appeals to you, if it includes foods that you enjoy, then brilliant. If it's going to you know, work around your lifestyle and not feel restrictive. But I always say I implore people to find what works for them to create their own methods to sort of get in a caloric deficit through foods that they enjoy. Sure, try and add more whole foods. Try and think, be mindful of your nutrition. Educate yourself on what is you know, going to be good for you, where you're going to get the, the nutrients, the micronutrients that you need. But essentially, create your own plan and get into a caloric deficit that way uh, and then work towards your fat loss goals under rules that you set rather than a framework which is often been built with some sort of commercial agenda. Number four, what's your go-to exercise for fat loss? Um, now, I, I said in the Instagram stories when this question came in, I distinctly remember saying that's a bit of a unicorn. Um, and what I mean by that is that, well, to my knowledge anyway, unicorns don't exist. At least I don't think they do. I've never seen them on the school run anyway. Not on the filed coast, but I might be wrong. Esme would be delighted if unicorns do exist, but to my knowledge, unicorns don't exist. The same way that a go-to fat loss exercise also doesn't exist. Uh, you know, there's no magical movement, there's no routine, there's no uh, session that you can do in the gym that is a quote-unquote 
fat burning workout and um, just pure and simply because as I always say that the route to losing weight to reducing body fat is through a caloric deficit so it's about expending more energy than what you consume and that is what's going to result in fat loss regardless of how you go about getting there whether it's through lowering your calories whether it's through increasing your activity or a combination of the two and um, but the route that I went down on the Q&A which again I'll just kind of explain now for anyone who missed it is that the best way I can answer it is to sort of explain where you get the best calorie burn for your buck um, in terms of a movement that you can do at home or in the gym. And it tends to be the case that sort of big compound movements um, are going to result in a higher energy demand and therefore a higher calorie burn and therefore be more supportive towards creating a calorie deficit. So when I say a compound movement, that basically means a movement that takes place through multiple joints in the body. So if you can imagine, um, if you was in the gym, let's say, and you've got a barbell, so a big long bar with weights either side, and you was to do a deadlift, and you sort of bend down, you're squatting down, your knees become hinged, you're driving through the heels of your foot, you're gripping that bar, you're lifting that up to a standing position, you're extending using your quads, your glutes, your core to manage the weight, you're bringing your shoulders right back, there's a lot going on there, there's a lot of muscles that come into play to support that movement, whereas if you was to, uh, let's just say, lean over a bench and do a preacher curl, so like a bicep curl with a weight, all you're doing in that instance is isolating everything around the elbow joint and you're flexing your arm to work your bicep muscles. So you're working the bicep muscle in isolation and because there's less recruitment from other muscles involved in the isolated movement, there's going to be less of a calorie burn than there would be if you were to do the deadlift or you used to do a back squat or you used to do a burpee or something, something of that nature. So I'd say if we were going to answer that question, um, the truth is there's no sort of go-to fat burn movement or routine or workout, but larger compounded movements are going to have a higher demand for energy on your body and therefore be more constructive towards calorie burn. Number five, uh, struggling to land on the right diet slash calorie target still after six months of trying. Um, not going to be a great answer this, but the truth is, is that if you've been going for six months and you've been trying a certain protocol or following, you know, a certain plan or doing certain workouts and you just still feel like you're at square one and you've not made the progress that you'd expect, then that's just your body telling you, look, it's not working. Something obviously needs to change. We need to look at this. And there's no one size fits all kind of blanket statement answer that I can give because everyone's so different and what works for one person isn't necessarily going to work for another and um, I've spoke in incredible detail about sort of the tools the resources and um, calculators things that are available online um, at your exposure that you can just sort of I guess work out your calorie targets based on your movement your size your age your weight um, that are going to help you get into a deficit to give you a guideline but that's all it really is it's a guideline no one can say with absolute certainty okay 1961 calories is your baseline maintenance level of calories we don't know that 100% all we can do is kind of run the equations that we know are going to be there or thereabouts and then work up or backwards or at that level depending on what your goals are whether you want to lose weight gain weight build muscle or stay exactly as you are today um, so all you can do is really go off, off off the guidelines and make sure that on the offset you're working out your targets correctly um, 
I divert people all the time to the Harris Benedict equation. Use that as a good baseline to work out your maintenance calories and then sort of work your deficit back from there if it is that you're looking to lose weight, burn fat. Um, tend to say, and again, when it comes to working out calories, the more drastic you are in your calorie cut of course the quicker you can expect weight to come off but then the more drastic you are the less sustainable it is the less enjoyable it is the more likely the majority of people and not all people but the majority of people are to have some kind of you know power bounce back where you cut it too much too quick like i explained in the first uh, question about the juice you cut it too far too quick you're starving it's like hell on earth you survive on that for a few days and then suddenly you come back with a vengeance and you just eat absolutely everything in your fridge and your cupboard and um, that's what you want to be avoiding so we, gen we tend to say if you go around 15 percent for a caloric deficit off your maintenance calories that's a good starting point but then you can obviously increase or decrease away from that depending on how you're finding things as time progresses um, if it is um, just to sort of pick specifically on the person that put the question in who said they've been trying for six months if it is you had a degree of success before that and suddenly for the last six months you've plateaued um, it could be that you've had what we call a metabolic store and that's where your body just completely adapts to the stimulus that's been put upon it it becomes used to the nutritional protocols it becomes used to the training stimulus and it just adapts and it stops you from losing any more weight or progressing in the direction you once were. So it could be that you've now come down to a level where you sort of should be really, a kind of a healthy weight range compared to maybe what you was prior to that six month um, time frame that you mentioned. So you've just naturally started to curb off because there's less weight there to lose. Um, but it could be that your body is just adapted to the stimulus. And again, the only way you're going to work out what you need to be doing is by making changes to your nutrition and to your physical activity um, get more steps up, uh, maybe even increase your calories in some instances just to kind of try and kickstart things again. Um, just play with it, toy with it. If you're not sure, reach out to a personal trainer get some advice um, you know people are out there to help there's tools and resources you can be using but everyone is so different everyone is so individual it's just about seeing what works for you trial and error add things to it take things away and be patient so there we go guys that's today's five questions done is that five i think it is five yeah, that's definitely five. <laughs> um, so thank you for taking the time to tune in. As ever, I really appreciate your time and I really hope that you got some value from that in terms of what you can take forward to help you in your um, your health goals, your health journey, whatever your goals and plans are. Um, if there's anything that I can help you with specifically, then again, do jump onto the daily Q&As that I run through Instagram stories. If you've got any specific questions that you'd like me to feature on this podcast, then do just let me know. I'm always happy to look at it. Um, as I always say, say um, if you're getting value from this series, if you're enjoying these podcast episodes, then do let me know. Make sure that you're tagging me on Instagram stories if possible. Um, so my name on there is FitDad, F-I-T-D-A-D. Uh, do let me know. The feedback means the absolute world because whilst I'm pacing around my house recording these podcasts, again, you don't know exactly who's listening or who's taking notes, who's getting value from it. So getting the feedback from you guys really does spur me on to continue to kind of churn these episodes out. So please do keep that coming. Um, if you know anyone you might get value from the series of course point them in my direction but for now i'm going to wrap up get myself a cup of coffee crack on with the rest of the day's work and i look forward to catching up with you guys again on the next episode take care